0: You know, that song has quickly become one of my most favorite worship songs. I heard it about six months ago, entitled Death Was Arrested, North Point Worship. Incredible song. It's one that I would say probably two or three times a day is in my playlist uh, in my office. And, And I love that song because it's a vivid reminder for me of what Christ did for me on the cross. I don't know about you, but life causes me to forget sometimes who I am in Christ. Anybody else with me out there? It's easy for me to forget all the things that Christ has done for me, that on the cross, that at that day when Christ laid his life down for me, I was no longer an orphan who was nameless, but I became a child of the, the king of this universe, that I became an heir to the son of God. The greatest thing that happened on the cross that day was not just that my sins were forgiven, was not just that I became a child of God. Was that on the cross that day, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus denied himself, when he took up his cross, when he followed his father up that hill and laid his life down on that cross, on that day, 2,000 years ago, the world thought it's done. But three days later, Jesus came up out of the grave and on that day defeated death once and for all and placed death's hands into shackles and handcuffs where it no longer had power over your life and my life and released us. From the bondage of sin, from our slavery to sin, our slavery to death and the destruction that it brings in our life. Death was arrested. And for you and I, life is offered. Life that our lives as Christ followers should be marked by life, that that the defining quality of us is life. Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and life to the full. This word life here uh, translated in Greek literally means an intensely vivid animation intensely animated, vivid animation. Like uh, our lives should look like an animation that has been uh, drawn by an artist with all the colors in the world that can be done. But for the sad reality of this weekend is most Christ followers' lives look like a drawing done by a kid with three crayons at a Mexican restaurant on the little color sheet they give you, right? That's the sad reality. That's what most of our lives look like. And Jesus says, that's not the full life that I died for you to have. That's not what I died on the cross for you to have. I died so that you would have life, that your life would be marked by life, it'd be marked by power, that it'd be marked by hope and joy, expectation of what God could do, that our lives would look more like the song we just sing, that we would walk on water, that as we follow the Spirit, He would lead us to walk on water in radical ways of faith as we follow Him. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me, your Savior, teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls as Christ's followers that are our, our, our walk with Christ should not be burdensome. It should not be heavy. It should not be weighty. It is a light yoke that Jesus has invited us into, and if we would listen to him, if we would learn from him as he teaches us, he will show us what it means to follow him. But the sad reality across all of our campuses and for many people in the church in America today is that the Christian life is not marked as light. We don't look at the burden of trying to follow Jesus as easy. It's wearisome. We're burdened. Our shoulders are falling forward from the weight that we're trying to carry. And we identify more with Paul's words in Romans chapter 7 than we identify with Jesus's in Matthew chapter 11. In Romans chapter 7, Paul says this, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't do it. Anybody feel Paul's words here? I want to follow Jesus. I want to do what I know it is that he wants me to do, but I can't seem to do it. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what it is that is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I do not want to do, I am not really the one doing it. It is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. That I I love God's word with all my heart, but there's another power that is at work within me that is at war within my mind. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will save me from this body of death? Paul says, I am miserable. I am frustrated. I feel like I'm carrying around a body of death on my back. And for us, we hear that and we go, what is Paul talking about, a body of death? But in that culture, in Roman culture, they would have understood this. In that day, one of the forms of punishment was not just uh, the crucifixion was a way to kill someone like Jesus was crucified, but if you murdered someone, a way that they would kill you so often is what they would call the body of death. And they would take the person that you killed And they would take rope and they would bind them to your back and you would carry them around on your back. It was a death sentence because as that body began to rot and decay and ooze out all over your flesh, it would begin to soak into your body and you would begin to take on that infection and that body of death would destroy you. And no one was allowed to cut it off. If anyone cut that body off of you, they themselves were put to death. And so Paul says, I feel like I'm rotting away. I'm miserable. I'm frustrated. But the good news is on the cross, Jesus removed the body of death off of our back. He cut the ropes, removed it off of us, and we now do not walk around burdened any longer, but we walk in freedom and we walk in life. And the reason so many Christ followers this weekend are walking around with shoulders slumped over, heavy, carrying this burden is because our focus is in the wrong place. And we believe that this is what the Christian life is about picking back up that body of death that Jesus took off of us, strapping it back on our back and trying to kill it again. And the reality is this, you couldn't kill it in the first place. That's why Jesus had to go to the cross. We can't kill our flesh, but we think, oh, if I just try hard enough, right? If I just keep working on my sin, then I can get better. If I just keep focusing on my struggles, I can get better and, and I can kill this flesh. And we're miserable because we're focused on the wrong thing. Our eyes are not on the Holy Spirit and Him leading and guiding us. Our eyes are on our sin and trying to make ourselves better. And we will miss it every single time because we're focused on the wrong thing. We're not doing the right things. And we're frustrated. This week is going to be an incredible week for our student ministry. Any students out there excited about Movement Conference happening, right? A couple of you down front. I know Pastor Zach and the student team are getting ready. I love Pastor Zach. Uh, and uh, you know Pastor Zach as Muscles McGee, as I call him, right? he Walk, Walks around like this, no neck, like, you know, super, you know, everybody goes to Zach for questions on what should I eat, how should I work out, right? But there was a day when Zach was not Muscles McGee. This was back when he looked a little bit more like Mr. Tumnus off the Chronicles of Narnia. Some of you have seen that, like, you remember those days when that was Zach? He wasn't Mr. Royd Rage guy? Like, there was a day when he first started, he had no clue what he was doing working out. And luckily for us, with a lot of money and bribery to the former owners of The Rush, I was able to get security footage of Zach in his early days working out when he had no clue what he was doing, when he wasn't doing it the right way. I don't have time to show you the hours of footage that we have. If you have enough money, I can get you the hours of footage, right? Uh, But I have a little bit of his uh, warm-up routine. I have a little bit of his workout and a little bit of his cool-down cardio routine. I've asked our tech team to put a little music to match what's going on in there. Enjoy, watch Zach as he tries to work out not the right way. everybody was So some of you are going, I like that workout, right? Good news for you. It's a new release from Zach. It's called Zach Fit. And you can go online and order your copy. And please, for the love of God, do it in your own home, not where anyone else can see you and you look like a fool, right? I'm just kidding. That was not Pastor Zach. I don't know who that was. Can we agree on one thing this morning? They were not doing it the right way. Everyone with me there? I don't know what they were doing, but it was not working out. And so no doubt, they're never going to get stronger. They're never going to get in shape. They're never going to achieve the results that they want to achieve. They're just going to be miserable and frustrated and want to give in. And for so many of us, that's right where we are in our walk with Jesus. We're trying. We think we're focused on the right thing, but we're not focused on the right thing. And we're frustrated. We're burdened. We're walking around ready to give up. And what Jesus wants to say to you this week, and I believe is this, hey, you're focused on the wrong thing stop focusing on trying to slay your, your your flesh trying to kill your sin you can't only the cross can do that there's another way there's a better way that leads to life there's something else that should have our focus and should have our attention Paul says in Romans chapter 7 verse 25 who will save me from this body of death thanks to God the answer is in who Jesus. The answer is in Jesus. We look to the life of Jesus and Jesus is gonna not only show us and teach us, he's gonna model for us where our focus should be. If we wanna live a life that is marked and defined by life and not death, Jesus is going to teach us how to do that. He's going to show us the habits we need to embrace to live that kind of life. And it's found in Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus speaking to a large crowd that's gathered around him. Jesus uh, gives us some habits that we've got to embrace in this passage. If we're going to live a life marked by life and not death, Luke 9, 23. If anyone wants to follow me, speaking to the crowd that's gathered to hear him, you must give up your own way. Anyone want to follow Jesus? Anyone want to be sold out to what he wants them to do? Then listen, you've got to give up your own way. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up your cross and you have to follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, Jesus says, you will lose it you got to deny yourself, you got to take up your cross, and you got to follow me. The first habit Jesus gives us that we've daily got to embrace if we're going to live a life marked by life and not death is this. We've got to daily die to our flesh. We've got to daily die to our flesh. We've got to daily say, I am dead to you. Consider ourselves dead to our flesh. And inside of all of us, there's a piece of the world that lives. It's called our flesh. And the flesh has one job, to lead us away from the things of God, to lead us away from the things God has for our life. And no matter how old we may, be, we may get, no matter how far down the road we may get in our walk with Jesus, we will always struggle with our flesh. It will always try to pull us away from what God has for us. If you've been around me anytime, you know I'm a little bit OCD. Uh, I'm a germ freak and uh, I I can't stand snotty noses. In fact, with our child, we have one of those little suction cups when she was little. I would suck her brains out of her nose over having snot run down her face. Like that's a pet peeve of mine, right? We went to Splash Country uh, yesterday, uh, day before yesterday, took our daughter and one of her friend's We stopped at Chick-fil-A, the land where all people with kids go to eat lunch. I don't understand it, but it's just, it's like flies to a light, right? You would just swarm to it. And we go in there and they have this contraption at at Chick-fil-A that I love, but I also hate. It's called the wall of glass that allows parents to sit on their butts and watch their kids from afar while they run amok inside the land of germs and infestation called a playground, right? (laughs) <clears throat> yeah, we washed our hands five times after. Her hands bleed uh, from washing them after playing in there. It's, 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 it's disgusting. And so we, we had let them play. They were sitting at the table. We're trying to eat. And uh, this wall of glass next to our table, literally right here, and this kid comes running up, boom, pow, I mean, slams right into it. There's a pole holding up the playground, and he proceeds to begin to climb up this pole, and he's using his feet on the glass to climb up, and every time he goes up, that wall wall of glass is like this, right? And the worst part is he has nasty grocery store feet. See, Y'all here in West Knoxville don't know about grocery store feet. Come out to Blount County. We'll teach you about grocery store feet, all right? Grocery store feet is when you go to the store with your mama and you ain't got your shoes on and you walk around the store barefoot and you come home with black feet. It's disgusting. Right here in my face as I'm trying to eat. And if that's not bad enough, his little snotty-nosed brother runs up to the wall of glass. If you're here, mom... He runs up, snotty nose, just like the worst case I've ever seen. Snot dried and crusted all over his forehead. Hair like up, you know, fixed, not with gel because it's snot just, you know, dried up in there and just gushing out of his nose at the window doing this. Just licking all that snot off of his face and into his mouth. And I'm choking on my sandwich as I'm watching this. The flesh inside me wanted to walk inside that germ-infested playground and snatch barefoot grocery store feet up by his neck and snot-nosed face and take little snot-nosed face to the bathroom, stick his head in the toilet and wash the snot off his face with the water as it flushed down the toilet and then take little barefoot grocery store feet to his mama who was watching all this and doing nothing and shove his feet into her Chick-fil-A sauce and say, how do you like them apples, mama? (laughs) flesh wanted out and I wanted to let it out, but I listened to the spirit and I kept my butt in my seat and I ate my holy chicken sandwich. All of us battle the flesh. And the flesh will always lead us away from the things that God has for us. And if we're not careful, we will serve our flesh instead of serving the Holy Spirit in our life. We don't have to, but we will choose to serve our flesh. And as we've already seen, listen, you can't kill your flesh, but you can die to it. You can't destroy your your flesh. Only the cross could do that. Only the cross could arrest death and destroy our flesh, but we can die to our flesh daily. Listen to what Paul says. In Romans 8, 13, if you live by your corrupt nature, your flesh, you are going to die. But if you use your spiritual nature to put to death the evil activities of the body, you will live. Paul says the result of living by our flesh, the result of living according to the things we want to do is this, death every single time. 100% of the time, your flesh will lead you to death all the time. We saw this vividly displayed this week in the shootings in Dallas One man filled with hatred who listened to his flesh and brought death to the lives of five police officers, hurt and injury to the lives of countless others, and death and destruction to his own life. Why? Because when we listen to our flesh, it leads to death every single time. And it's why you and I must learn to daily say no to our flesh, to daily die to our flesh, to consider ourselves dead to it. Hey, flesh, you can't have my hands. You can't have my feet today. You can't have my eyes today. I'm not gonna give you access to my life. I am dead to you because I recognize that you will only bring death. You will only bring destruction in my life when I choose to listen to you. So we daily say no to our flesh. We daily say no to the things that we want. And we say yes to the things that God has for us. We recognize that our flesh is a destroyer. And until you and I come to the place that we recognize that our flesh is a destroyer and that every single time our flesh will lead us to death, listen, we'll continue to listen to it and we'll continue to follow it and we'll continue to serve it. Until we've tasted death enough that we recognize our flesh will only bring more death. And so the real question is, do you really hate your flesh? Have you come to the point that recognize that your flesh will only lead you to death every single time? Have you tasted enough death in your life where you're willing not to follow the flesh any longer? See, this is the reason why teenagers, no matter how hard you tell them not to do something and plead with them not to do something, they never listen to you and do it anyway because they've not tasted enough death in their life yet to recognize the flesh only leads to death. And until we recognize that and we daily choose to die to our flesh and say no to the things we want and no to the things that the flesh wants to lead us to do, we'll continue to miss life and be marked by death. If we want to follow Jesus and live lives that are marked by life, the first habit is we've got to die to our flesh. But he gives us a second one, Luke 9, 23. If you want to follow me, you must first give up your own way, die to yourself, as some translations say it, and you must take up your cross daily. The second habit Jesus gives us, we've got to learn to take up our cross daily. Now the cross in that day and age was not something that was beautiful. It was not something that you would have have liked. It was gruesome. It was offensive to the people of that day because it represented death. The cross represented death for people that day. But for Jesus, the cross didn't just represent death. The cross represented God's plan and God's will for Jesus's life. The cross was God's ultimate plan and design for the life of Jesus. And in Matthew 26, we see Jesus struggle with this. Jesus didn't want to follow through on the plan that God had for him. Jesus didn't want to do it. His flesh was battling him. He was 100% man. He was 100% God. And he battled the same battle that you and I have with giving in to the flesh, trying to get our attention and focus off of God. He he said, God, if there's any other way, I don't want to do this. If we can do this any other way, let's do that instead of me going to the cross. But where did he ultimately get? Nevertheless, my will. But your will be done, Father. He denied his flesh and he took up his cross and he followed what, his God, what God had in store for him. The cross represented God's plan for Jesus's life. And just like the cross represents God's plan for Jesus's life, when he gives us the instruction that we're to take up our cross, the cross for us today represents God's plan for your life today. And the, heart, the, the amazing truth is this, whether you believe it or not, God has a plan for your life today. God has a, an agenda for your life today. And some of you are sitting there going, Matt, you don't understand my life. There is no way God could have a plan for someone as messed up and broken as I am. Listen, it doesn't matter how bad you screwed up your life. It doesn't matter how horrible the choices are and how in the ditch your life may be this weekend. God has a plan for you today. He has an incredible plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, Scripture tells us, God speaking, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for your life. Jesus says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear has heard nor heart of man has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We can't even begin to wrap our mind. We couldn't even dream up the plan that God has for our life if we just listen to him, if we just follow. Now I'm not saying God's plans are gonna be easy. I'm not saying that God's plans are always gonna be what you wanna do. We saw with Jesus, they weren't what, it wasn't what Jesus wanted to do. But God's plans are always greater than anything we could ever think, dream, or imagine on our own. And God's plans are always greater than anything that our flesh would lead us to do. And so when Jesus tells us to take up our cross, he's saying daily to take up God's plan for your life that day, to deny your flesh, to say no to the things that you want and that your flesh is saying this is important. Say no to that, to say you can't have my life, you can't have my eyes, you can't have my feet, you can't have my hands. They're devoted to God and his plan and his purpose for my life today. I'm taking up my cross. I'm dying to myself, and I'm taking up my cross. And until we habitually choose to take up our cross, we'll continue to miss out on a life defined by life. We'll continue to walk in death because we're not surrendered to Jesus and his will and his plan for our life. The third habit that Jesus gives us in Luke nine twenty three that we must embrace if we're going to begin to live a life marked by life is that we've got to take up our cross daily and follow him. Not only do we die to ourselves, not only do we deny our flesh and say, no, you can't have my life. You can't use me to accomplish the things you want to do. Not only do we say each day, God, I'm devoted to you. What's your plan for me today? What's your will? Here's my life. I give it to you. What do you want to do through me? But the third habit we've got to embrace is we've got to follow him. After salvation, there are two entities at work in our life. Number one is our flesh. We've already talked about it. Our flesh is a deceiver, always leading us away from the things of God, always leading to death, leading to destruction. But there's another power at work in our life, and it's the Holy Spirit. The moment you bow your knee to Jesus, you surrender your life to him. God places the Holy Spirit in you, and his purpose is simply this, to direct you to the things that God has for your life. The Holy Spirit is always leading you to the things that God has for you. And the choice is simple. We can listen to our flesh or we can listen to the Holy Spirit. We can listen to our flesh or we can listen to the Spirit. But if we listen to our flesh, we're going to walk in death. If we listen to the Holy Spirit, we're going to walk in life. And the choice is yours and the choice is mine to make every single day. But Jesus says, Matthew 10, verse 38, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. If we're going to be Christ followers, we have to deny ourselves, we have to take up our cross, and we've got to follow the Holy Spirit in us who's leading us and guiding us to the things of God. Now let's talk for a minute. What what are some of the things the Holy Spirit does in our life? Because people start to freak out when you talk about the Holy Spirit, man. you talking about start taking up snakes and speaking in tongues? No, I'm not saying that, right? The Holy Spirit does a lot of things in our life. Let's look at a couple of those. The first thing the Holy Spirit does in our life is that he recalls God's word when we needs it. He recalls the word of God when we need it. In that moment of testing, what, what was it in, in the desert when Jesus was being tempted by the enemy? What did, say, what did Jesus use to combat Satan? What was it? The word of God use the word of God. It's the only thing that'll stand against the enemy. And so the Holy Spirit in our life, one of the primary roles that he has is to remind us of the word of God in our moment of need and testing. He'll recall scripture to our mind that'll help us to stand against the enemy and his schemes. He'll convict us of sin. This is why we don't have to be out on the street corner telling gay people they're going to hell because the Holy Spirit does a much better job of convicting of sin than you and I ever could. How about we just love them like Jesus would love them and let the Holy Spirit convict? Because when's the last time that you stopped sinning because someone told you you were sinning? You stopped sinning because the Holy Spirit got a hold of your heart so hard that you were ready to give it up. Holy Spirit convicts of sin. We're poor convictors of sin. The Holy Spirit's great at it. He reveals God's way out of temptation. The Holy Spirit will shine a spotlight. Scripture tells us that in the moment of testing, in the moment of temptation, God is faithful. He will always provide a way out for us. And the Holy Spirit will show us the way out when we're in temptation. But here's the problem. You got to follow. Because what most of us do, the path is right here in front of us. And we turn the other way and go a different way. I like this way better. And we wonder why we're walking in death because we're not willing to follow the Holy Spirit. God's given us what we need. God showed us the way. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will lead you to life. The Holy Spirit will convict, our, uh, comfort us. He will intercede on be- our behalf. I love this. Even when I don't have the words to pray, the Holy Spirit knows what I need. He's interceding on my behalf before my Father in heaven. I don't even have to open my mouth. I encourage you, there's some scripture that's going to come up where I kind of got all these from on the screen. Take a picture, do a Bible study, read, get familiar with how the Holy Spirit works in our life. His job is simple, to lead us to the things of God, to be our help in leading us to what God has for our life. And your job and my job is simple, to follow. Follow. What did we say we wanted to be, followers? Followers of Jesus? What's the first word in that? Follow. You don't get to lead. Jesus leads through the Holy Spirit and our job is to follow him. Paul says in Galatians 5, verse 16. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. How was it that I could stand up here before and say, when you try to pick up the body of death and strap it back on and focus on your sin, that you're missing it? Matt, you're telling me I'm not supposed to be worried about my behavior. Absolutely right. Right. The disciples didn't walk around going, oops, I messed up again. Dang, right? Oops, uh, let me find some more accountability partners to come around me. No, they fixed their eyes on the Holy Spirit and followed him. Because if you follow the Holy Spirit, he will lead you to life every single time. You had the God of this universe living inside of you access it. Accountability partners are great. Bible studies are great. Yes, we want to look more like Jesus, but we'll never look more like Jesus if our eyes are on our sin instead of on the Holy Spirit who's trying his hardest to lead us to look more like Jesus. If we'll fix our eyes on him and follow him. Listen, he'll lead us to look more like Jesus. The question is, will we follow? Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, Paul says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit that as the Spirit leads, you and I follow. And as we habitually, day after day, choose to follow the Holy Spirit, He will lead us to the life that Christ died on the cross for us to have and out of death that our flesh wants us to live in. And so this weekend is your life marked by life, Or is your life marked by death? Simple question. Is your life marked by life or is your life marked by death? If you want to live a life that is marked by life, that Jesus died on the cross for you to have, you have to embrace the habits Jesus laid out for us in Luke 9, verse 23. There is no other way. That's our focus. And when we choose to lock our eyes on that and live out Luke 9, 23, here's what will begin to happen. We will begin to live a life that is marked by life. And what I love is that Jesus didn't just tell us to do this. Jesus modeled for us how to do this. He died to his will. He took up his cross. And he went to Calvary and died for you and me. Following what God had for his life. And so what would happen several thousand people across all of our campuses began to live out luke 9 23 who recognized that our calling that our mission as Christ's followers is to live luke 9 23 that's the gospel it's not behavior modification it's not trying to shine up your your your, your vessel and make it look more appealing to god listen you can't that's why you need jesus this is why Jesus can say my, burden, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because all you got to do is die to yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That's all you got to do. Say no to your flesh. Take up your cross and follow. Say no to your flesh. Take up your cross. Follow me. Go to sleep. Say no to your flesh. Take up your cross. Follow me. Go to sleep. Wake up another day. Say no to your flesh. Take up your cross and follow me. And if you and I will embrace those habits daily in our lives, we'll begin to live a life marked by life. So here's my challenge. For one week, commit to live out Luke 9, 23. Try it for one week. I'm not going to give you money back guarantee because, like, I'm not pastor and, you know, you you ain't got no money involved in this. But pastor will give you $100 if you try this and it doesn't. I'm just (laughs) kidding. I'm just kidding. Try it. Just commit to it for a week and see if God does not lead you to an extraordinary life this week that you've never tasted or seen before in your life. Because the Holy Spirit will always lead us to life and away from death. There are many this weekend... You can't begin to live the full life that Jesus died for you to have on the cross because you've not yet bowed your knee to Jesus and given him your heart and your life. You've not accepted the gift of salvation. And so across every campus with every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you today and you say, hey, listen, I need Jesus. I've not accepted the gift of salvation and I wanna do that. Just pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin and giving me freedom in exchange. Help me to daily die to myself. Help me daily to take up my cross. And help me daily to follow the Holy Spirit. Here's my life. Bring beauty from these ashes. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. No doubt this week has been um, a, a very crazy week. Uh, and, and, and I just want us to uh, have a moment of, man, the, the racial rift in our, in our country is, is at the height that I think it's ever been in my lifetime. Uh, and our words, listen, church, our words have the power to save or destroy and so, you listen, Pastor Chris has given us a special uh, message uh, that he's recorded there in Hillsong uh, at, a, at a conference, and he really wanted to speak to this. Uh, let's listen to Pastor Chris as he uh, gives us some advice on how we should walk forward in response to the tragedies that have been around us this week.
1: Well, we've missed you guys. Michelle and I are down under at a conference with our friends at Hillsong, and we have been just flooded with the Spirit of God. Then only to have our hearts broken as we see the news back home of the racial rift that is again ripping our nation apart. As a church, we can't overcome hatred with hate or darkness with darkness, but we can overcome hatred with love and darkness with light. Come on church, let's be that people. Father, we ask you to move in a powerful way. We come to you and ask you to heal our land. We ask you to restore the racial rift God, we ask you to let Faith Promise be a place of of love, of reconciliation, and of hope. God, would you use Faith Promise to be a family that reaches out and cares and touches everyone. God, use us in a powerful way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you guys for being here this weekend. A reminder that this weekend is the last weekend to register for the Global Leadership Summit and get the $89 discounted rate. It goes up to $119 after this. We'd love for you to come sharpen your leadership skills with us at the Global Leadership Summit. Be blessed. Have a great week. Bring with somebody back with you next weekend.